Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Have you ever tried something that felt really outside of your character? Um, I definitely have. Lots of different things, especially in this healing journey. And one of those things early on was hypnotherapy and hypnosis. And I I haven't really dove into it in depth on this show, and I will in the future. Um, But I wanted to share something with you. Today's guest is Deborah LeBlanc, and she is a hypnotherapist. And I wanted to have her on the show because my experience with hypnotherapy 
is one that really transformed so much of my subconscious that has given me the ability to be where I am today. Now, I wouldn't credit it entirely to where I'm at today, but it's a definite factor. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you kind of the context here. I used to, so keep in mind, I'm six foot four, 220 pounds, covered in tattoos, head to toe. There's very small likelihood that as I'm walking down the street that anyone would ever accost me. It's probably not going to happen. However, when I was seven years old, I got jumped for a starter jacket. This is all the way back in what, 91, 92. And these groups of these, like these five kids beat the crap out of me. And they were probably, I don't know, fifth grader, sixth graders, however that goes. And from that moment on, I always walked around with my hands, with keys between my knuckles when I was walking by myself from like seven years old, all the way until I was 31. Like, no joke. I'm not even bullshitting. And what happened is when I was 31, I went to a hypnotherapist and I was telling this guy, I was like, dude, I'm always so hypervigilant. I'm always like freaking out that somebody's going to attack me. I'm always hyper aware. I'm, I'm still, I carried a pocket knife with me everywhere that I went just in case when I had a, a, a concealed carry permit, I carried gun with me. Like it was crazy. Cause I was always concerned about my well being. I always had this thought, shit, somebody's going to attack me. And then I did hypnotherapy one session, literally one. I'm not even joking with you guys one session. And to this day, I've not had that reality. Now, sometimes it pops in my head, of course, this is still how life works. And I do carry a pocket knife sometimes because I might be on a trail and you never know if a cougar is going to attack you. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy shit happens. But the hypervigilance, that feeling of massive anxiety and fear of just walking down the street since the day I did that hypnotherapy session is removed from my life. And so I was very excited to bring Deborah on to talk about this today, talk about this journey, her journey, what hypnotherapy is and how we can apply it to our lives because I believe in it. Like I truly do. And I, I know it feels for many people listening to this, if you've never done it before, it may feel like woo woo or so outside of the norm that you can't even fathom doing it. But I truly believe that one of the greatest parts of the healing journey is getting out of your comfort zone. And so Deborah, which you will hear talk about in this episode, has offered every one of the Unbroken Nation, all of you guys, like no joke. And I told her, I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you might get inundated. She goes, yes, I want to do this. She's offering every single person, take this, I'm telling you, do what I'm about to tell you. Email her at Deborah at mindpaththerapies.com d-e-b-o-r-a-h at mindpaththerapies.com and she's going to give you an hour hypnotherapy session for free for free for free like for free I'm telling you, take this off. If you do not take this offer, I want you to stop listening to the show because the truth is when people are so generous to give you something that could change your life and you don't take it, then you are out of excuses. So take this offer because I promise you that A, she's an incredible practitioner and B, the power of hypnotherapy in my own life has been incredible. So anyone who emails her, 
Deborah at mindpaththerapies.com. And in the subject line, you put Think Unbroken Podcast. In the subject line, put Think Unbroken Podcast. She will give you a free one hour session. And I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite episodes. I'm very excited about this one. Thank you all for listening. Of course, please do me a favor. Go and hit the five stars on iTunes. Leave a review. We're trying to get to 200 reviews. We're almost there. And I need you. I need you to do that because every time you leave a review, every time you share on social media, screenshot it, put it on social, tell people because the message that we're sharing, the message that you're hearing could be the message that changes someone else's life. So without further ado, my friends, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today, and I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you, and without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show, but before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, A Man's Guide to Being the Hero of Their Own Story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com thinkunbroken.com to pre-order and until next time be unbroken hey what's up unbroken nation hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today i'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest deborah leblanc who is an entrepreneur speaker best-selling author and also a therapeutic imagery master practitioner which i'm very excited to talk about today deborah my friend how are you what is happening in your world I am doing great, Michael. I hope you are as well. Uh, we, you know, we ran the gamut with COVID out this way, but everybody came up on the high end. So that's a good thing. And I'm so excited to be back to somewhat normal reality as we head into 2022, which I think is going to be hopefully for many of us, the best year of our lives. That yes. said, before we get in and dive in, I would love if you would share a little bit about your story, your history, and how you got to where you are today. 
Well, because I'm such an old broad, my story, my backstory can be a bit long, but I'll cut it as short as I can. Um, I came from um, my parents divorced when I was about eight years old. I was raised by um, an abusive, emotionally and physically abusive mother. My dad wasn't around very much. And um, I, I had two siblings, a younger brother and sister, who I protected most of the time. Not most of the time, all of the time. I became very astute at watching my mother and her eye movements, her body movements, because she was like an explosion always waiting to happen. And I could see it building in her. And that's when I would stash my brother and sister away. So if she had to take it out on anybody, um, it would be me. So, you know, I, um, I was a loner in school, didn't have friends, um, mostly because I was kind of the weird kid. You know, I wore long sleeve shirts and pants in Louisiana. You don't because it's so hot all year long. Um, but I had to, to cover the bruises that were always on my body. So, um, you know, there were clicks everywhere, and I really didn't mind. I was an avid reader, and I read a lot of uh, um, biographies and autobiographies of people who had come from nothing and made something out of themselves. I was really interested in that, to see how they came out of such dire situations. And um, so it just kind of brought me into a different world. Um, I got married very young. I was 16 years old, but at 16, now I had been scrubbing floors, cleaning house, cooking, cleaning, and watching two kids, one an infant, since I was nine. So by 16, I felt like I was 30, you know. I had already lived an entire lifetime. So people say, oh my gosh, you got married young. Well, it, in years, yes, but, it, you know, psychologically, no. Well, I had my first daughter when I was 18, um, finished my my uh, three daughters, finished up having my three daughters by the time I was 30. Um, it didn't take me long in between there to realize that I had married a male version of my mother. It had been concealed in that honeymoon section, you know, that, you know, where everybody's on their best behavior. And with me, you get what you see. There is no honeymoon phase. You either like it what you see or you don't, you know. Um, but regardless, I was uh, I was a real wallflower, very uh, quiet and to myself. And around, well, this steps back a little bit, but around 14 years old, I got, I got off of the school bus one day. And this was not a thought that was ruminating in my mind at all. Um, but I just walked home. My brother still had not returned from school. My uh, baby sister was at a sitter's. And I just went into the bathroom. My mother was addicted to prescription medications like Xanax and uh, any painkiller or um, mood-altering drug that would keep her from feeling she would doctor hop. And back then, you could. You know, they weren't, they didn't have you plugged into a computer. So she had bottles and bottles. 
And then, you know, I've told this story to kids, teenagers, specifically thousands of them around the country. And they can't, they don't, they never believe me because it's, it's so massive. But um, at the last count, I started taking every pill she had in that cabinet. And I, what I would do is take it, and they were always full because she panicked if they were half full. I would, I would take it, uh, recap the bottle, and put it back. It, I didn't want some drama scene, like somebody would find me, and there were bottles everywhere, and they knew what I'd done, and rushed me to the hospital and pumped my stomach out and uh, saved my life. I didn't want that. The last thing I remember taking um, was a bottle of 100 aspirin. Why aspirin? It was the last thing in the medicine cabinet. So collectively, I had taken 400 tablets of everything from painkillers, Percocets, um, uh, sleeping pills, you name it, I took it. And um, aspirins was, was the last thing. Anyway, um, I, I started hearing sounds a little I don't remember anything between the aspirin and starting to hear these sounds. And I recognized the voice as my neighbors. And um, she said, we're going to need to call her mother. Now I'm hearing this and I want to say, don't call her, but I couldn't speak. I couldn't open my eyes. I, I could do nothing. I couldn't move my body. I couldn't, I could do nothing but hear. And I knew if I wasn't dead now, I was going to be because my mother being called in from work was, oh, that was the biggest faux pas. And well, long story short, mom comes then. There, there was a, an elderly gentleman who was a retired MD who lived a couple blocks from us who knew my mother well. And he came over and started, I could feel him poking around my body and I heard him say, I think it's probably her menstrual cycle. I'm going to give her a shot of Demerol. It should help. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm only 14, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out. After all I've taken, Demerol, I'm, that's it. I'm going to die. In that split second, I wanted with all of my might to say, don't stop. I don't want to be dead. And it's, it's really strange as much as I wanted it in the beginning is as, as strong as I didn't want it then. You know, they say statistics shows that people that there are only 2% of people that jump off the Golden State Bridge that survive. And out of those 2%, they, all of them have said the moment they jumped, they regretted to jump because what seemed so traumatic to them became minuscule. The moment they jumped off, some of them couldn't take it back. Only 2% that survived, you know, lived to tell that tale. That's how I felt. Like I was stealing something from somebody, um, the universe, God, whatever, your higher power, whatever it was, and I had no right to. I was put here on this earth for a reason. This all clamored in my mind in, in seconds. And... The next thing I feel is a needle going in my hip. Well, I woke up three days later in the same clothes I was in three days prior. I was alone in the house. 
And I woke up kind of stunned as to who, you know, where the heck am I? I'm in my bedroom, <clears throat> on my bed. And I noticed that I'm covered in this granule stuff. It looked like salt, like someone had crushed up rock salt and sprinkled it. Not, you know, not the salt, not table salt, but rock salt had crushed it up and sprinkled it over my body. And I sat up and I saw my outline of my body was, there was that same uh, material, that same salt looking stuff that outlined my body. I got up out of bed and the, my first thought was, you know, I got to get this house cleaned up. Um, my mother was going to be coming home soon. I looked at the time. That's all I thought. And from that moment on, I never saw her as mom. I saw her as this is a woman who's ill. And my job right now is to take care of my brother and my sister so they survive this journey um, and to help her, my mother, um, get past this point in her life. Um, you know, she, my dad had broke up. She was, she didn't know how to function without him. And she was angry all the time. Well, when and I moved out, again, realizing I had married my, a male version of my mother, um, I figured out, you know, if I don't do something, uh, I was continuing school at this time. I got my degree in marketing. And I, I really, I wanted to be one of the three things when I grew up as a little girl. I wanted to be Superman. I wanted to be a nun or a psychiatrist. Superman could take care of anything, any bully, anybody, beating up anybody, right? Um, a nun, I felt I could pray. I would be closer to God and get people out of trouble that way. Hmm. Nuns didn't work out for me. And then I had... Um, the psychiatry, I knew I desperately wanted, but realized I've had three kids to feed. And if I don't do something quickly, we're going to be on welfare because he's, he could not take criticism. So he couldn't, he couldn't keep a job. So I went to work in the oil field within, I went from um, a recession economy where People were lined up, just, I mean, M, um, MBAs, people were lined up just for a receptionist job. There was, there were, there was no work. And I remember walking into, uh, from a headhunter's um, call, walking into an office and seeing all these people sitting here. And I'm thinking to myself, what on earth do you have to offer them that, None of these people have. What is different about you? And the answer came like this. It says, you, you. Or, that's what makes you different. You're you. They're not you. So when I was interviewed with this guy, the last question he asked me was, why should I hire you? And this just flew out of my mouth because this will be the best business decision you'll make this entire year. And I got that job. Within 12 years working for that company, I wound up being the first vice president of transportation, um, female executive vice president of transportation in the United States. 
I actually left a six-figure paying job to begin my own company, monitoring underground fuel tanks. It was a logistics company, something that did not exist in the U.S. before. Now, in the midst of that, I'm getting a divorce. I am writing novels um, because I just literally woke up one morning, brushing my teeth and said, I think I'm going to write a book. And that's how I flow. <laughs> and I started my own company. People kept telling me, you're crazy. You're crazy. What are you doing? Everybody thought I'd lost my mind. And it just so happened that when I opened my doors, I had gathered a team of IT people. And I took, I, each one was working, working on a different section of a software package that I knew was going to act like almost like a policeman because fuel suppliers and fuel transportation companies were taking advantage of retail owners. You know, when they want to top off their tanks to make extra revenue, that's a, the fuel supplier or the transportation company, they just go fill them up. Well, they don't realize what that does to the bottom line for the retailer because he's carrying extra inventory at the end of the month, at the end of the year. So I was able to come out with that at the same time Hypermarts came out. Hypermarts are where you go to Walmart or um, some big supermarket and you see fuel stations, you know, fuel kiosk right in front of the store. These were new. Well, these people knew nothing about fuel or transportation. They knew about groceries. So I was the hot ticket item and began to work with every hypermarket in the U.S. and Canada. We worked that way for 25 years. And about that 25th year, um, I lost my middle daughter a three, um, in a four-year span of time. I lost my middle daughter. Um, she had become an alcoholic. And... Uh, her kidneys, pancreas, everything had shut down. Um, despite the help and the therapy and the, despite everything we did, um, she was just determined. She just couldn't handle this life anymore. Um, my youngest daughter died um, four months later in a fiery car crash. And my three-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter died of um, its not called SIDS, but um, it's something, it's, I think it is S-A-S-D. Um, it's for children between three and five. They quit breathing in their sleep for whatever reason. That nearly destroyed me. That, that really put the brakes on my life. It's like, wait a second, I, I, here I was, I'm I was successful in transportation. I started my own company. It was a multi-million dollar company. I was already up to 14 novels. And my world just stopped because I said, what are you doing? What, what is life worth? Look at what you've lost. Then my father died not long after and my younger brother of lung cancer. It was a real eye-opener for me. I sold my company, and I literally wondered. I mean, walking in circles, walking down trails, thinking, thinking, what is your purpose in life, you know? Um, and out of the blue, 
one day, and it's not coincidence, I don't believe in coincidences. I think they just happen when they're ready to happen. I had this, um, somebody hand me some information on um, HMI, which was the first accredited hypnotherapy university um, in the United States, first to be accredited by the Department of Education. And I started looking into the program and I had a bachelor's in marketing. Didn't matter if it wasn't. I had a minor in psychology, but um, I, I enrolled. And I knew that I knew that that's where I fit. Because in hypnotherapy, I became a clinical hypnotherapist. And then I, I'm literally certified in 32 other modalities. You know, imagery is just one. In, uh, NLP is another. MER is just another, but I, I wanted to be certified in things that were um, pain points in people's life, cancer, anxiety, depression, uh, addiction, things that had impacted my life. Um, I wanted, I couldn't help my mother. I, as hard as I tried to help my daughter, I couldn't. I've got to help. That's, I think, why we're here on this planet is to help other people, not keep taking, taking, taking. You know, everywhere you look, somebody wants you to give them a dollar. Just give me a dollar, stick it in your pocket, and I'll make you 10000 Well, that's, it's BS, you know? It, it literally is BS, because why aren't you making $10,000 uh, a weekend? If you can make me that, well, of course you're going to do it. If you can sign up X number of people for $1,500 a pop, yeah, you're going to get there. But who's going to be not, who is not paying attention enough to say, wait a minute, I'm hearing this again and again and again and again. And it's all the same message. It's just worded differently. Well, I wanted to find something where I could give back. And hypnotherapy has proven itself to me again and again and again. There are often times when I see such relief and freedom come over a client's face. And I do all of my sessions over Zoom that I have to quickly click off after, you know, I, I count them up, um, set up the next session, tell them goodbye, and click off because I just feel the tears welling up, you know, and I don't want them to see me crying, but because I'm just, this is what it's all about. It really is what it's all about. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And that's a captivating story. I mean, my mind goes so many places when, when I hear a story like this and, and I sit here and I take it in and it's the parallels of the journey in, in many ways with my experience and with many people who are listening right now where we were kind of thrown into this position of we have to suddenly be caretakers for our siblings. I mean, I remember learning to cook at a very young age and learning to do dishes and laundry and like, you know, all the things that come along with that. And you see that happening time and time again in these, in these abusive households and, and myself going down this, this road where I was 14, I downed a whole bottle of, of aspirin and I was just like done with it and thinking about all the things of life and service and, and what you're here for. And ultimately, you know, I think the unfortunate part of, of the human experience is quite often we need the, the rock bottom moment. We need that like baseball bat to the face moment to, yeah. to look at our lives and go, what are we really doing here? What do we really want? Who do we want to be? How do we want to serve? How do we want to show up? And the, the hard part is like, I feel like we don't know the real you. 
you know, and that, that part of us is that real you trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to keep ourselves safe, but I think in doing that, you're also handcuffing yourself, right? Yes. How do you, what I'm so curious about, because especially in this journey and looking at your life and, and multiple pivots, right. Between being an entrepreneur, writing the books, having all these events happen, and then still trying to figure out who you are. How do you find the real you when you're always trying to protect yourself? You're, you know, I found that in creating everything that I was creating, I was in essence doing, when I thought long and hard about it, I was doing what my mother expected. My worth wasn't in who I was. It was in what I did. So I, I took a, a good long look at that. I mean, I was somebody's wife. I was somebody's mother. I was the president of this. I was the author of that. But who is Deborah? Who, who is she? And what purpose does she serve? And I, I, I wanted to find out what that, what that was. Um, you know, I considered myself a good person. Um, but I, I really had to get out of that. Um, and when you, when you have to feed kids, it's hard to get out of that financial mindset because you've got to put food on the table. You have to pay bills. Um, you got to pay for a divorce. But you really dig down deep. Um, and I had, you know, and I have got to throw this caveat out there. My sister, uh, my younger baby sister, um, once told me, she said, Deb, you should try to go to therapy. Try it and just see if anything, you know, if you like it, it might help you. We'll be right back to this episode of the Think Unbroken podcast in just a moment, but I wanted to invite you to come and join the Think Unbroken Discord community. If you don't know about Discord, it's being built on Web3, which is a platform that we as the users get to own. So no more Instagram or Facebook or algorithms getting in the way of you seeing and, and being a part of content. In the Discord channel, we're going to grow this to hundreds of thousands of community members, hopefully over time. But today, it's small, it's close, it's intimate, where you'll be able to get access to live coaching with me, where you'll have chat with the Unbroken Nation community, where you can talk about a range of topics, anywhere from thinking about habits and growth mindset, goals, trauma, recovery, dating, relationships, career, accountability, business, meditation, feedback, and more. And so all you have to do is go to thinkunbroken.com slash discord. That's thinkunbroken.com slash discord. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D to join the Unbroken Nation community. And so to appease her, I did. I went to a therapist and I sat there and listened to her. And what this woman was about was selling her books on you know, how to be free from blah, 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 blah. Well, she started asking me about my mother and my father and something just grated inside of me like uh, fingernails on a chalkboard. And I said, you know, and I stood up. <laughs> I said, we were like 15 minutes into the session and she'd already tried to sell me her book twice. I was, I stood up and I said, I don't think we're the right fit. I said, I know what my mother was. I know what she did. I carry, I still carry the scars. But mentally, 
I have compartmentalized the fact that she was a sick person. She was a human being. She wasn't brought here just to be a mother. She was somebody's daughter. She was somebody's wife. She was an individual and she was hurting and there was no one to help her. Um, so I said, I don't, you know, so I said, the parts that my mother did that physically hurt me. Um, I mean, my mother told me things like, I hate you and wish you were dead. But words like that, after the experience I'd gone through, they just bounced right off. They didn't sink. Um, because I knew she was taking frustrations out regarding another situation. She was taking it out of me. Um, I just compartmentalized it. And I said, lady, the things that were not so pleasant about my mom relating as her daughter, I buried that under concrete where she's buried. And I am not. I don't have any reason to dig it up. Because she was a hurting woman. I was sent there to help with the other two children she had, who I adored. And that's it. it that's the bottom line. I don't need to be psychoanalyzed. I've done that myself plenty of times. And I know where I fit. I know where I fit. And that fit is not here in your office. I'm sorry to have taken up your time. I'll gladly pay you for the hour. And off I went. So my sister then said, oh, how did it go? How did it go? I said, don't. Don't talk to me again. Am I going to the therapist? Don't do it. Just don't. We were on two separate journeys. Um, it was, it, I just, you know, I call it by the grace of God. I, I just opened my eyes and saw things for what they really were. Uh, higher being, you know, my husband calls it the universe, um, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. It, it was speaking loud and clear in my ear. And I listened and followed it. One of the most amazing things that I find is how long we carry that hidden person inside of us. There is a thing that I, a talk that I normally give called Who's Hiding in the Dark? And I have a client close their eyes, take three deep breaths, and I'm just going to go through the exercise. I'm not going to have you do it because I've already talked my jib off for quite some time. That's what we're here for. I had them, have them close their eyes and imagine three doors, three white doors, average size. And out of the first door, it, the door opens up and out steps you as you see yourself, as you see yourself now. And I have them describe what that person looks like. What colors their hair? How do they stand? How do they dress? Um, what kind of timber do they have to their voice? How do they react in fearful situations, in anxious situations? How do they react over stress? Once we go through a litany of questions, say, now let's turn to door number two. And I have them turn their physical body ever so slightly. 
is that now the door opens and out steps the person that you want other people to think you are. Now describe that person to me. And it's amazing how different it is. Usually that person stands up straighter, their head's up taller, they're more finely dressed, they're more articulate, more outgoing, they laugh easier. Um, That's how they describe themselves. And I say, and once we're through with the litany of the door, number two, I'll say now, there's a third door. Now behind this door, and it's opening ever so slowly and won't open all the way. I said, it's the you that you have not even seen yet. The world has not seen yet. And he's about to poke his head out from around the corner of that door because he feels sort of safe enough now to show you what he looks like. Describe him to me. And I can't tell you the number of times people have said, I can't look. I can't look. I'm, I'm too afraid at what, to, at what it looks like. Hmm, that's fascinating. What, what comes to my mind, and, and I've done, hypnotherapy has played a, a beautiful role in my life, and hypnosis as well. And, and I think that when we can tap into that subconscious and accept the truth behind it, like you can really have this tre- tremendous amount of change come from that. What I'm curious about, and especially with this third door, what is keeping people stuck there? Like why, like how do we get people into this position where they allow that third self to both live and breathe and be that thing that they know they're capable of being? Most of the time, the person that's hiding behind the door is a a conglomeration of the negatives or the false positives that sit in their subconscious. You know, for example, if let's say you were seven and you were told by your father, mother, whomever to go and clean up your room. So you do that and you really do a good job because, you know, cleaning up your room makes your mother happy. Okay. Now you've done the best job you can. You run back to her and you go, and she says, are you done? And you say, yes, ma'am. Well, down here, we'd say, yes, ma'am. Or an ambulance would pick us up. Okay. Um, So we're, she goes into the room and she looks around and she goes, I thought you said you picked up your room. And you looked up shocked. She said, what's that toy truck doing sticking out from under your bed? What's that T-shirt peeking out from the corner? What is this? What is that? And she's nitpicking everything that you didn't see. So what happens is what lands, what we give meaning to in our subconscious is that what we perceive as our very best is never good enough. So we grow up with that permanently set in our subconscious that, you know, some people will take it as 
why do everything I can? Why work hard? Why this? Why that? It's never going to be good enough. It's never been good enough. Why should I do it now? And a lot of that is having to do with what was planted into your subconscious. You know, if um, yelling and screaming at someone, for example, let's say your father was a screamer and he did it because he thought that was the only way to get your attention, to get anyone's attention. He had to be loud, boisterous. And you saw that or you somehow got planted into your mind one of two ways, as a negative, so you became uber quiet. That negative is like, it is not good to be loud and boisterous. Look how people react to him. But if your father gets the attention from that yelling and people are just like, you know, doing anything but bottling at his feet, then you see it as a false positive. I need to do that. I need to yell and scream and be boisterous and burr, 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 burr in order to get the appreciation that I deserve. So we develop meanings to false positives and negatives at a very, from birth to eight years old. And then what, what's formed above that is called the critical mind. Now, the subconscious mind is 88% of our brain power. That's a lot of territory. The critical mind acts like a trampoline any new messaging that comes in and is contrary to what are known to us, false or not, it will not let anything in that's going to contradict a known to you because a known, be it right or wrong, is a safe zone for you. It's a safety net. So, 12% of our brain is our conscious mind. That's where we have logic, reasoning. You know, we make, that's how we make decisions. Um, typically, the only way to get through that critical mind effectively and change those false positives into negatives and those false negatives into positive, uh, false negatives into positives or vice versa, um, is to create an opening and address them directly. And then we pull out the truth and lock in the negatives so that what you have now coming to your subconscious, your conscious mind is the truth of that positive, the truth of that negative. And you, your life begins to adjust accordingly by itself. It's not, it's not something you have to consciously say, okay, we did this. So that means I don't have to do that. It just happens automatically. Because our brain has been unbroken. I, I have this interesting thought around this. So, and, and obviously this is what happens when you get to that third door. It's barely opening. That subconscious programming from childhood is there. What I think is really fascinating and interesting, and I'd love to know your thoughts on, is there are people who will be able to acknowledge that, right? I'll put myself in that camp. Let me rewind myself 10 years ago, right? I go, mm -hmm. okay, I acknowledge it. I look at my life. My, my past is impacting my present. This is going to hinder my future. All right, I'm going to do something about it. But there was just this onslaught. I do not have a better word for this. This <laughs> onslaught of self-sabotage in this process. Mm -mm. 
why? Why do you still self-sabotage even though you've acknowledged everything you've just said and we're able to make meaning of it and you're still like, well, I'm just going to screw my life up? Because because inside, and I don't know, I know you said you had some experience with hypnotherapy and hypnotherapist, but what happened is they did not remove that and change it from a negative that false negative to a positive, that false positive to a negative, and pull it into the conscious mind where it becomes an automatic thing for you. It's not a thought process. You are self-sabotaging because that is a safe zone for you. There is something in there saying, I never will be good enough. You're not good enough. You screw up everything you start. You'll never amount to anything. You know, things we've heard and gave meaning to in our childhood. And they just get locked in there. And unless they're effectively pulled out, you're you're going to continue to self-sabotage. Yeah, that's fascinating. And and I recall these moments of not only in therapy, in like real, like gestalt therapy, EMDR, CBT, whatever those were, men's groups being, you know, having a coach, going to different hypnotherapists and different kind of, you know, just trying a little bit of everything. And I, I think it was this kind of amalgamation of just implanting all these concepts and ideas in my own brain that ultimately helped me find out who I was. But what I'm really curious about is from your perspective is how do you find you? I went and searched for her. I went looking for her. I I literally came up to that third door without knowing that it existed and kicked it open. I didn't care what she looked like. I was expecting to see some sniveling, cowardly looking, you know, somebody that had just come out of Auschwitz. Uh, that's what I was expecting. But it wasn't, it wasn't that. What is behind that third door is what you were originally created to do. So it's strong. It stands straight. It's powerful. It's not been impacted by teachers and parents and peers and bullies and everybody else. What hides behind that third door, the real you, is the one that was created from the beginning of time and meant to serve mankind in one way or another. That's the real you. So interesting because I I feel like people, to some extent, like they can rationalize that. They can hear (laughs) that. And then it's the, the stepping into it that becomes so difficult. And, and I feel like in that process, by being willing to be curious about modalities that you otherwise may not be curious about sure. helps you get to that place. I guess it's probably very much like your sister saying, hey, you should go to therapy and you going, actually, this isn't for me. Because I think people will try to do things just simply like therapy and then find out it's not for them, but they keep going. And I'm like, why? It's not serving you. Like I I tell people all the time, like there's a period of time where therapy may just not be for you. Right. Right. And you need coaching or you need yoga and meditation or journaling or therapy or hypnotherapy, excuse me, or whatever that thing may be. And so I, I, I love that here's what I think is so fascinating about this entire mental health journey is that you're not in this position where it's a one size fits all. 
because right. you you know for yourself personally you've had this experience where you know i did therapy just not for me and you honored that i wish i wish i could give people a magic pill that said honor your truth because if you do yeah. that's going to create all of the difference in the world for you because so often yes we're set up for failure. We come from homes of addiction and abuse. We find ourselves in the most precarious situations. We, we even to some essence, myself included in this, like destroy our lives. But when you start to acknowledge the power that you have, the capability that you have for, for greatness, for the thing that you want for that third door, and you have the willingness to step into the weird. Some people will look at this and go, hypnotherapy, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> step into it because that weird thing might actually be the thing that changes your life for ever. Yeah. And so this has been an absolutely beautiful conversation, Deborah. Before I ask you my last question, yeah. can you tell everyone where they can find you and learn more about you? They can go to mindpaththerapies.com. And of course, they can you'll... email me at Deborah at mindpaththerapies.com. Then feel free to email me and ask any questions they'd like. In fact, if they go on my site, um, it you know what, because this is your program, Michael, and because I am so connected to what you do, um, if whoever is your audience is listening, will email me at Deborah at mindpaththerapies.com and put in the subject line, Think Unbroken Podcast. I will give them one hour of free hypnotherapy, mm. a free hypnotherapy session. That's beautiful. Thank you. And Unbroken Nation, I know there's tens of thousands of you guys listening to this. Take Deborah up on this offer because I'm going to tell you right now, like I, I'm not even kidding with you. Hypnotherapy changed my life forever, like forever. It's one of the most important parts of my journey. My last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? It means freedom. It means freedom. It means my arms are long enough to hug the world. It means my voice is loud enough to carry over the, the loudest din to tell people that there is hope, there is love, there is acceptance for you on this planet. You don't have to stay locked where you are. It's, it means freedom to me. Hmm. Very beautiful. I got the goosebumps. It was beautiful. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review rate and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM 
at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.